I invite you to vision with me. If you want to, close your eyes. Or you can look around, because that's also important too. Think about the world that you desire to exist a hundred years from now. When our children's children are having children, what are we working towards? Are there fireflies flitting around? Are the butterflies present and the bumblebee population restored? Have we been able to stop or reverse the heating of our planet? Have we discarded structures and systems of oppression and made progress upon embracing more humanizing ways of living in community together? Have we truly opened wide the doors of our hearts and the cultures of our institutions and proclaimed all, all are welcome here? What is the world that we are working toward? In Jeremiah today, we are given this image of God as the great potter, the potter who works with the clay, who sees the goodness of our humanity that is possible, that has been the core of who we have been created to be from the very beginning. Our agency, our choices, sometimes lead us away from God and away from our true selves. And let God, yet God continues to work with the clay, refashioning us towards a new creation. Today we read from the shortest book of the Bible. It's the letter to by Laman. It's 21 verses in total. You just heard the whole thing. And yet what is written in those verses is everything that we wrestle with, living out God's justice. There are a lot of unique things to note about this letter. Paul is writing from prison not to a community, but to an individual. That is to note, Philemon, who is the slave master of Onesimus, a slave who ran away. Paul has come to know Onesimus, and he has been converted to Christianity. And so perhaps Paul, as a prisoner himself, is coming to a new understanding of the dehumanization that comes from being in chains, from being bound under the will of another. And his heart is moved with love. It is well that the empire punishment of a runaway slave was death. So Paul uses what he has he uses his influence as a disciple to plead for the life of Onesimus, appealing on the basis of love 
for a brother in Christ. Paul says, I am sending him to you, my own heart back to you. He describes Onesimus as his own heart, right? How beautiful. Jesus said to his disciples, by this they will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And so Paul is saying to Philemon that through conversion into new life in the risen Savior, our kinship to one another in Christ is primary over the social structure of empire and slave owner to slave in the Greco-Roman context. He is asking for something that he can't even quite give voice to. He recognizes that things can't stay the same, and yet he can't yet see how to make them different in the face of such established and embedded social systems. And yet he not only asks that Philemon choose to spare Onesimus's life, but to treat Onesimus as if he were Paul himself, drawing on the deep bond between Paul and Philemon as the one who originally converted Philemon and his family and the community to faith. Paul does not just ask for Onesimus's life to be spared, but that he be brought into the community and treated as beloved. From the very beginning of this letter, we know that what Paul is introducing is an expectation that is countercultural, radical even. In the introduction, he calls out a woman, which in our day may seem like a small nod. And yet this little act within the culture that he lived in was a shout grabbing not only Philemon's attention, but the attention of the community around him. By this, Paul reminds Philemon that the issue at hand isn't just between the two of them, that Philemon is going to be accountable to a wider community and wider relationships. And so the ramifications impact everyone. Things have to be different. The conversion of Onesimus is a new creation. Everything has changed, has to change for true reconciliation to occur. So what does that mean? What could that look like? Paul guides Philemon beyond tolerance. Tolerance would be sparing Onesimus's life, but into a place of living into God's justice, which honors and restores the human dignity of Onesimus. Paul's letter gives voice to the real difficulty of living out the vision of God's justice. What Paul wants is so beyond what he can even ask or imagine 
that he can't even fully give voice to what he's asking for. What he knows is that following Jesus means living the way of love, which brings you into a new kinship, the family of God. And this will be the same basis for dismantling slavery centuries later in the Western world. Paul dares to imagine a different outcome, an alternative response to social norms and judicial rules that are seemingly uncontestable. What Paul knows is love. Jesus looked with love on the lowly, to those who were hurting, to those who were disenfranchised, silenced, and enslaved. The gospel, the good news that we proclaim, is that following a God who raises up the lowly, who seeks justice and righteousness for all God's people, God's justice will be realized when the dignity of every human being is respected. Paul's letter today calls us to the task of how we see others, especially when the way that we see one another is so embedded in systems that have been long established. And yet, as followers of Jesus, our identity as people of love compels us to see with new eyes that which we take as established and impenetrable and challenge the systems and principalities that seek to oppress, that deny the dignity of any human being. The justice that we seek for ourselves and for our neighbors is a world in which human dignity is primary, where the expression of humanity is in each other is celebrated and cherished, supported by structures that create environments for thriving. We do not know what Philemon decided to do when he received this letter. We don't know what moved the hearts of those who determined which letters would be included in our canon, the sacred texts that make up our Bible. But clearly they recognized that this radical letter speaks to the heart of who we are called to be as people of God. 21 verses that challenge, challenge powers and principalities that speak to the challenge of living into the justice of God and how living into the way of love brings us to imagine, brings us to live into previously unimagined ways of being, redefining what we allow to determine the basis of our relationships with one another and with God. We have received the grace and work of generations upon generations who came before us. And some of the fruit of that work, a fruit which Paul could never have imagined, is the abolishment of slavery thousands of years after this letter was written. And now we are responsible for continuing the work ourselves, not for ourselves or for our children, but for our children's children's children. The great family of God's people spans throughout time, 
we receive gifts of the labor of generations before who dreamed of new creation for us. And now we dream ourselves of how to further expand this imagining of new creation for the generations after us. Paul speaks to us now in his letter to Philemon and invites us to imagine, dream a new creation, seeking the thriving of the sanctity of human dignity in our own day and in the centuries to come. Amen.